Iron Skillet Sports presents The Sizzle, the talk of the 219, the people's choice, the region's voice. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That's so love, bro. You know what it is. You know what we do. It's The Sizzle here on WLTH 1370 AM 92.7 FM. You know it's that time and you know what we do at this time. When you hear this sound, you know it's time for the Weinstein Report with Rob Weinstein of The Times. We're here getting the best information and finding out what's going on with prep sports in the area. All of your information that you need to know about the young people in the area and what's going on in the area. So we've got to start off with Rob. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Greg. Uh, it's always good to be on with you and Jay. Oh, man, it's amazing. We're glad that you're here. So how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was good. Yeah, I um, went uh, to visit some family in Ohio, and, and a huge amount of my extended family uh, came, in to, came into town. And so I did, you know, I left the day after to go to, um, uh, go to Indianapolis for, uh, you know, the Valpo State title game. But I was there for, you know, the early part of the week and through Thanksgiving and it was nice. I ate a ton and, uh, you know, put myself in that good old turkey coma on, on Thursday night. That's pretty much what you're looking for, right? Yeah, we were all in the co- the turkey coma. So tell us about what, when you went to see the state game, tell us about Valpo. What happened during the game? Let our listeners know, give them a recap and a wrap up of what went on during that 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 game and, and how you felt about what you saw. Yeah, I, I- uh, James Boyd and I were both there, and I think we both agreed Valpo played well, and and certainly has nothing to be ashamed about. You know, lost twenty-seven to twenty to New Palestine, but uh, you could tell throughout the game. You know, it's not like one of the things that I like to look at is the size and ability of the uh, offensive and defensive lines for the teams. You know, kind of compare the battle in the trenches. Uh, Valpo was was up to the task there for sure. Uh, you know, New Palestine took a 27 to 10 lead after you know a couple of Valpo mistakes on on turnovers, uh, but uh, Valpo, you know, I think a lot of people downstate didn't really expect them to be that competitive in this game. They could have folded there, and they didn't. Uh, they they made a comeback. Uh, uh, their passing game that has been so much improved from from a year ago you know, with C.J. Opperman, Antonio Osorio, and, and Luke Patterson led them back into the game, and they had a legit shot to get the ball back and, and tie it. I mean, they kicked off to New Pal, I think, with like three and a half minutes left. Uh, I believe they had all three timeouts. And you know, that's pretty much all you can ask for when you have the defense that they, they have. And they weren't able to stop New Palestine ultimately, but 
I, those guys played their hearts out, and you know, I think if we replayed that game, you know, ten times or something like that, Valpo, they were not overmatched at all. I mean, they could win, you know, four times out of ten or something like that, or maybe even more. Uh, th- like, I think they really showed a lot uh, to the people downstate and, and proved a lot throughout the state of Indiana that they are a championship caliber team. Hey, Robbie. Is Valpo the type of team? Are we looking at a, a a team in the area that can become a perennial power, a, a, a team that that looks to make that state run every year? Do they have those type of players in the hopper there, or the, the, those sophomores and juniors that are going to be playing next year? What's your assessment of that? So they do, uh, but with one caveat, I would say uh, I think so. They moved down to five A this year from six A. Uh, and I think they're only staying one more year in 5A before they move back up to 6A. It has to do with uh, the Elkhart schools are combining into one school, and I, I believe that's the reason uh, that they are moving back up. Uh, I think when they move back up to 6A, it's just, I mean, that's just so difficult. Like, you know, the difference between Valpo and Merrillville even this year was, was not not very great. I mean, they were pretty similar teams, and then when you get to semi-state, you have to play a team like Carmel that has, like, 5,000 students, Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's going to be hard to sustain state runs year after year in 6A, but I think they absolutely have a chance to go back and win it in 5A next year. Uh, returning uh, some playmakers on defense, they have a talented JV team and, and a really good uh, pool of talent, you know, at the lower levels as well. Uh, they, you know, I mean, they have Cooper Jones and Dylan Dingman coming back on the defensive line, and that's that's huge. Tommy Burby, the running back, is coming back. Is coming back. So I, I do think, uh, especially with New Palestine losing Charlie Spiegel, the running back who's Indiana's all-time leading rusher, uh, he ended up hurting them in that game. I think they did as good of a job containing him as possible, but he did bust out for like an 80-yard touchdown run. That kind of changed the game. So with him gone, I mean, I think Valpo could win it next year in 5A. When you move up to 6A, though, it's just so, so competitive that I don't know if any team anywhere in Indiana can really count on making the, the 6A uh, state final year after year, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. It, it was a great football season, a, a great football atmosphere in this area. We we had literally four teams playing, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Robbie, what's the the next thing that we have coming up, looking on a hard court? Uh, now you'll be able to at least take your long johns off and be able to sit in a nice warm, <laughs> <laughs> a warm gymnasium. Tell us about what, what do we have to look forward to a hard court and, and the other winter sports that are going to be going on in the region? Yeah, I'm hyped for basketball season for sure. Like you said, I, I like those climate-controlled sports because uh, uh, I'm soft. <laughs> I'm a reporter. Uh, I'm not a tough football player. Uh, tonight I'm going to be in East Chicago. for uh, uh, Valpo is visiting East Chicago tonight. That's actually the season opener for Valpo. They were going to play Hobart, but that game was postponed due to football stuff. Um, you know, East Chicago, I think we know, has a good team pretty much every year. Uh, they're the home team in this one. Valpo lost a lot from this year, so I think this is going to be a fascinating game. I, I really don't know how it's going to play out. Uh, and it's going to be a great test for both teams. I'm really excited for that one. That's 7 p.m. tonight. We're going to have a lot of basketball coverage, actually, tomorrow in the Times. I think five games uh, we're covering tonight, uh, both, you know, between boys and girls. Uh, so, I, you know, the boys' schedule with only a lot of teams only have played like one or two games. It's hard to evaluate. Uh, on the girls' side, you know, not too surprising. Crown Point is 10-0 and and looks pretty great. They're playing at Portage tonight, uh, which was our preseason number three team. And, I, I, I mean, they're really good. So that's going to be a fun game tonight. 
Well, with that as a given, Robbie, who are your players of the week? Who are those players that have shined most on the court and or off the field and on the field and in the classroom and in their communities? Yeah, I so I mean I think we can go two directions here. For football, I would give it to you know, a combination of uh, Luke Patterson and Antonio Osorio, the senior receivers for Valpo, who really both of them had over 100 yards receiving in that uh, state final game and helped lead them back into the game. It was just great performances from them. You know, since that was like a week ago, uh, if we want to shift to basketball, I'd give it to John L. Davis from 21st Century. And Gary, uh, he had 52 points in his season opener against, I think, wow. St. Louis Christian Academy. I mean, yeah, like this guy scored 45 against Fishers on the road last year, which was extremely impressive. But uh, he's he's committed to Florida Atlantic to play Division One basketball. And this guy, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't get the publicity uh, that, uh, you know, sometimes uh, big stars at, at, at uh, you know, DAC schools or, or, you know, Class 4A schools get. But, man, John L. Davis is, is one heck of a player. And, and he – this may not be – I'm going to go out on a limb now and say it may not be his only 50-point game this year. Wow, that's wow. amazing. Let me ask just quickly to follow up on John L. Is he the type of player that can take over a game by himself and be a one-man show? Yeah, I, I think he is. Uh, specifically what, what I was impressed – you know, looking through his stats last year is he's very tough. Like he, he rebounded the heck out of the ball. Uh, so in addition to scoring, you know, I think he, as he continues to round out his overall game, like he can shoot and all that. He's a virtual scorer, but uh, you know, I mean, I think when you are such a talented scorer and you're putting up, you know, games with 45 points, 52 points, uh, it, it can really drain you of energy, and it can be hard to uh, you know play great defense every possession, crash the boards, and all that. I mean, to me, it's just so impressive that he averaged you know twenty something points a game last year, and and still he was over ten rebounds a game. I get that it's Class A, but they play a lot of you know um, tougher competition uh, around Hammond and Gary. So for for John L. Davis to to be contributing in other ways other than just as an amazing scorer. Uh, I, I think that's pretty impressive. And so I think he can take over the game, not just as a scorer, but in other dimensions of the game too. Well, that's amazing. And we look forward to really getting in this seasoning and moving forward so that we can highlight some more of these players and really sit down and talk with them and get some more information and just see them grow as they matriculate through the season. So we appreciate all that you've done and we appreciate your efforts. So before we go, We've got to ask you, Robbie, what is, can you leave the, the listeners with a word of encouragement, something that you see positive that you wanted to share and give to the listeners? Yeah, I am, um, I'm writing a story uh, next week. Uh, I don't want to give too much away about it uh, because I haven't uh, talked to the player yet or, or his family, but a, a Portage Junior Varsity player who uh, broke both his feet this summer and uh, has come back and, and he made the JV team at Portage. Uh, pretty wow. big accomplishment. And I mean, I don't know, I've never broken one foot before. Imagine breaking both of them at once. Right, uh, yeah. That's, that's brutal. And, and he came back from it. And so that story will probably be coming uh, later in the week. Um, okay. I'm very excited to uh, reach out to the family on that one. Uh, but uh, I, it could be kind of an inspirational story. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. Well, that's something we're looking for. 
I know Jay and I will be waiting to get a copy of that so we can see and read it. And really, that is that's phenomenal. Both feet. Wow. I don't yeah, know. Always, always looking, always looking to be inspired. You know what I'm saying? And it's those type of stories where it's just not, you know, um, how many points a guy scored, but what type of intestinal fortitude it took for a kid to, and you talk about a kid, you know, a, a teenager who wants to be back out with his friends without, with his teammates and want to do the thing that he loves to do. And he goes out there and does the rehab work and, and he's able to make and he's able to make that team. So that that that's really a special story. I'm looking forward to hearing that. I'm looking forward to writing it. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> no, yeah. That's gonna be great. So we're gonna wrap it up here, man. I'm gonna uh edit it and put it together and chop it up so you'll be on tonight. And uh I appreciate it again. Thanks so much for just taking your time. I know Yeah. I am I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I I bet it'll be a good crowd too. Friday night, uh DAC opponent. Should be should be good. Yeah, that should be great. CNA Auto Repair and Towing, 93 East Main Street, Chicago Heights, Illinois. Open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Call 708-758-2855. Complete auto and collision repair at CNA Auto. Hey man, your hair's a mess. You better call somebody to get the best haircut you can find, and that's Brandon Washington at Cold Cuts Barbershop. Yeah, I know, I know. You don't know what it's about. But let me tell you about Brandon Washington. He's a master barber with over 20 years of barbering experience. Brandon Washington and Cold Cuts Barbershop, 1223 Broadway, Gary, Indiana, 46407. And you can give him a call for an appointment at area code 219-793-2822. 219-793-2822. Co-Cuts Barbershop. The Scent for You. Experience the region's best place for fragrances, body oils, shea butter, and African black soap. Visit them at either of their two locations at the Savemore Plaza, 921 Broadway, or Fresh County Market, 2550 Arthur Street, both in Gary, Indiana. Give them a call at area code 219-512-4753. The Scent for You, the number one source for premium grade fragrances. Also look for them at thescentforyou.com. Iron Skillet Sports would like to thank you for listening to another edition of The Sizzle.